Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I was like, man, I'm just, that's just my handiwork. And I did this in six days. He's been preparing a place for you and I for over 2,000 years. Heaven is going to be amazing, you guys. So much that we have to look forward to as believers. So much that you can kind of rest in, right? For you, those of you that have people that you love that are gone on ahead of you. I guarantee you they don't want to come back. They are living their best life now, right? So y'all need to reject the idea that you can live your best life now before you die. If you're a believer, you cannot possibly live your best life now. Have you ever been on a hiking trail or maybe even a walk to the mailbox and seen the most beautiful sunset? I know I have. And furthermore, in those moments, My reaction is usually to be in awe of how God could create such beauty. However, what's more amazing is to think that He created that in just six days. In today's message, Pastor Bill is going to be talking about all things new. God in heaven has been preparing a place for us in heaven for over 2,000 years. Wow, can you imagine what He has in store for us? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 21, as he begins his message, All Things New, Part 2. For you guys that have been following along with us, we're the tail end of our study in the book of Revelation. I have thoroughly enjoyed going through Revelation. One of the purposes of this book, God said that the word revelation means unveiling. And so this book has been the unveiling of who? Jesus Christ. Every page, every chapter is unveiling, uncovering something to you and to me about the person of Jesus Christ. So we looked at the, in the very beginning, the glorified Christ. There was much unveiled about his, his glorified state there in chapter one. In chapters two and three, the church age, much was unveiled about his expectation of the church. Let me say this, because I'm June bugs going to be flying around. I know some of you ladies are looking like, well, how they going to eat me, right? They can't sting. They don't bite. When we was kids, we would grab them. You could tie like, you know, with two floss to them and make them fly like a kite. So, you know, any brave brother, if they come around, just, you know, especially if you're single, show off to all the single sisters. Smack it out the sky. I mean, let, let them know what kind of man you is. Okay. Back, back to our study. So in chapters two and three in the church age, we, we was unveiled to us there was the person of Christ, what he expects from the church, what he loves, what he hates, who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. In chapters four and five, we see, um, we get glimpses of the church after the rapture as we're in the presence of the Lord in heaven and we're singing the song of the saints and worshiping the lamb. And so we're reminded that for the saint, for the believer, when we leave this place, we go to be with him. Amen. And don't, I mean, that, that is our hope. That is our expectation. That is what we look forward to. For the believer, our hope is not in this world, not in this life. It is in the one to come. And so in chapters four and five, we see ourselves with him. Then the lengthiest part of the book of Revelation is chapter six through 19, which is what? The tribulation. God is pouring out his wrath on who? The earth? Someone said the earth. The earth, okay, so... <laughs> Those that have rejected him, right? Those that are alive on the earth. What does this teach us about the Lord? Is this, that God's not judging the righteous with the wicked. The righteous are removed. Those that have rejected Christ are under his wrath. God's wrath is reserved for those that don't know him. But we also learn this about Jesus through the tribulation period. Though this period is intended to be a time of God's wrath, what do we see? People got saved.
saved during the tribulation period. Amen? We saw that there was mercy even in the midst of judgment with the Lord. He was still saving those who would come. And you need to know that about the Lord. God is always saying, man, one more. I mean, if you come today, the Lord will receive you. He's not turning anybody away that will say, Lord, I, I get it now. I want to be forgiven. God, I want to be, I want to be in relationship with you. And so as we ended the tribulation period, we saw that those that were against Christ, everyone that's opposing Jesus Christ loses. Don't ever forget that. Everyone that opposes Jesus Christ ultimately loses. The Antichrist loses. The beast and the false prophet, they lose. The people that follow the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist lose. The devil, Satan himself, he loses. Everyone that positions himself opposite of Christ loses because ultimately Christ is going to have his way. When it's all said and done, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no authority above his. Amen? And so we learned that, and so we, we're, we're done with the tribulation period. Everybody got put in their, their final place of torment. Those that didn't, if you weren't with Christ, where did you end up at? Somebody said hell, the lake of fire, all the same, right? No, nowhere that nobody here wants to be, right? That's where everybody that's not, if you're not with him, that's where you end up at. Understand this, too, that with God, there's no neutral ground. You are not neutral concerning Jesus. He says you are with me or what? Against me. No neutral ground. There's no place in the middle with the Lord. If, you have, if you're undecided for the Lord, you are decided against the Lord. I love the analogy of a, a wedding proposal. You know, for any man here that's had to propose to a woman, by the time you buy the ring, make this, the financial sacrifice to buy the ring, you get down on a knee if you do it right, you've humbled yourself, you put down your best drag, you know, I, I, you know, whatever you had to say, you said it. At that moment, you're looking for one answer, amen? That answer is anything other than a yes is a no, right? If in that moment she says, let me pray about it, that's no. If she says, I, I, I got to, you know, anything other than yes and some tears and everything else, anything but yes is a no. That's how it is with the Lord. Anything other than yes, Lord, is no Lord. Anything other than yes, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I want your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the grave. Anything short of that is no. And if you never bowed the knee to Jesus, if you never say, Lord, I want, I, I, I want to be forgiven. I want to receive you as my Lord. If you've never done that, then you said no to the Lord. And I would invite you today to make a better decision. Um, and so let's continue now. We're going to be in chapter 21 of Revelation. Last week, we covered verses 1 through 8. We started a message titled All Things New. Today's title is All Things New Part 2 because we weren't done yet. So we're, we're continuing on with what we started last week. Last week, we saw this. We saw heaven and earth, the old heaven and earth pass away. So we said the reason why we don't live for the things of this earth is because it's all going to what? It's all going to burn. Your car is going to burn. Your house is going to burn. Your stuff is going to burn. Everything that people loving and living and dying for is going to burn. What's going to be left is you and me and people and souls. We're the only thing that's eternal, people. Don't ever value things above people. Because things can never be more valuable or even as valuable as people. They're not more valuable to the Lord. People are more valuable than things. Live like you know that's the truth. And so heaven and earth passed away. All things were made new. We saw that the believers were comforted in God's presence. There was no more sorrow, no suffering, no tears, no pain. There were things were just we're just in a much better place with the Lord. And then as we continue today, we're going to see more description of this new Jerusalem that's coming out of heaven toward God. So now look at it with me. Revelation 21, starting at verse 9. 
It says, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride and the lamb's wife. I thought this was interesting. John is here getting this revelation. John is having interactions with the, with the angels. And, and I, I just want you guys to consider this, that one day we're going to get to interact with angels. I mean, just for John, it's just kind of normal, right? John's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that one angel that had the bowls of judgment, was, you know, throwing them out in the world, tearing everybody up. That's my homie, though, you know. He, we're on the same team. We're working for the same master. And so that same angel that was pouring out bowls of wrath on the earth, he came back to talk to me. And uh, he came saying this to John, saying, I will come. I'm going to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And so some people may get confused here because I, I thought the lamb's wife, I thought the bride was what? The church. But he's getting ready to describe the new Jerusalem. Here's what he's doing here. It's we're going to see even in the new Jerusalem, it's not the place. It's who's there. Right. This is this is letting us know where this is where the church is going to be. This is where we're going to be residing. This is where we're going to be hanging out at. And so he says, look, look let me show you these things. And I got to believe that God could have chosen to put this here or not. That God is saying, look, I want you guys to get a glimpse of what's to come. Anybody ever wonder, like, what, what are we, what's, it, what's heaven going to be like? What's it going to be like in when we're with the Lord? And so we, he only gives us glimpses, but the glimpses are really good. And so today we're getting a little bit more of a glimpse. We, we learned a little bit last week. We know what won't be there. Today we'll learn more about what will and what won't be there. Um, we know about our, the eternal state. We're not going to suffer anymore. We're not going to die anymore. We're not going to be crying anymore. There's going to be no more sin. You're going to have a new nature. You're not going to get to heaven and mess up and get kicked out, you know, but you guys just struggle with your flesh. You're not going to struggle with your flesh anymore. Like all things are going to be made new. If you struggle with getting along with folk, if you make it, you won't struggle with getting along with folk anymore. But some of y'all need to figure that out down here with God's help. But we're going to be in a much better place all together, right? We'll be with the Lord. There's going to be worship. There's going to be praise. There's all these things that will be part of this new reality. And now today he says, look, there's this place that's coming down. I've always thought this, right? How many days did it take God to create the earth in which you live right now? Six, six days. He rested on seven. Uh-huh. Trick question. Okay. Six days. He made this whole thing. And so if you ever go somewhere that's kind of unmolested, by that I mean it hasn't been, man hasn't jacked it up. And you just see the beauty of creation. I've been to like Yosemite. I got to go to Yosemite with a group of guys, uh, pastors went out there to camp. I did a youth camp out there. And I mean, it, it blew my mind. I don't like the camp. I'm not really, the, I'm not that kind of guy. If I go on vacation, I want fluffy pillows and soft beds. I want a big tub, you know. But I was doing a youth trip and we went out to Yosemite and I remember just saying like, man, there was natural waterfalls. Like, like, I mean, we just, you know, it's like this is a rock and water slowing down. If you get on your butt, it's a water slide, you know, down the thing. God made that, you know. There were trees, you know, wide as, as wide as cars, you know. It was like all these things that you see and you think, man, this is, God's like, man, I'm just, that's just my handiwork. And I did this in six days. He's been preparing a place for you and I for over 2,000 years. Heaven is going to be amazing, you guys. So much that we have to look forward to as believers. So much that you can kind of rest in, right? For you, for those of you that have people that you love that have gone on ahead of you, I guarantee you they don't want to come back. They are living their best life now, right? So y'all need to reject the idea that you can live your best life now before you die. If you're a believer, you cannot possibly live your best life now. 
The only way you can live your best life now is if when you die, you go to hell. So be careful about that. That's some worldly terminology that, you know, we got to be careful about. I'm living my best life now. Really? Because, uh, I mean, that, so you're not going to heaven then. Okay? So be just, that's just for free. So uh, moving on. So, you know, he, he says, oh, come, I'm going to show you the, the bride, the lamb's wife. is going to show us this new Jerusalem. Verse, verse 10 and 11. He says, and he carried me away in the spirit. I'll come back to that. To a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. So we're getting this imagery here. John was taken away in the spirit. What does that mean? That John wasn't maybe physically taken to this, but in the spirit, God was showing him what was going on. He was getting to get a he was getting a full tour, but it was in the spirit. And as John is a man that the spirit of God dwells in, understand that God can do that in your life. God can show you things in the spirit. Right. God can give you visions where I didn't go there, but I saw that like I was there in the spirit. God revealed God showed me. And so here John is saying, look, I was there in the spirit. He got this this oversight. He got to see that he, he did a full tour of this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. He's going to have specifics, though he wasn't physically there. I was trying to think of what it's like in our day. Anybody ever looked at houses on, it's called Redfin? Anybody ever done that? Okay, if you go on Redfin, it's a website, you're looking for a house. You know, I'm not promoting them at all. I just know it works, you know. You can go on the website and you can go in the house. You can look inside, outside. It, it depends on how well they took pictures. Some of them, you know, they, they take more than others. You can see the bathrooms, the bedrooms, the backyard, the front yard, the garage. And I've never been there, right? I can see the pictures and figure out if I want to go. It's the closest thing I can think of. John is getting this, this, this full tour of somewhere that he's not there physically, but in the spirit, God is letting him see everything that's going on here. His vantage point was this great mountain. And he saw from there the city. So the city is descending out of heaven. And it's specifically who it's coming from. It's coming from God. And, and the one thing we see here is that in verse 11, having the glory of God. The glory of God is in this place because God's presence is in this place. And this is God's glory is, is in this place that's coming down. And so something that we're going to look forward to, you guys, is, is we're going to be just immersed in an atmosphere where God's like, my glory just reigns in this place. Maybe you've been at a, at a retreat or in a church service and just sense the presence of God in a really significant way. Anybody ever been somewhere where it's like, man, God's spirit was just, I, I just sensed God's presence in such a powerful way. I didn't even want to leave. I wanted to stay. That'll be like heaven. That'll be, it'll be like that in heaven all the time. We'll, we'll always be in, in an unveiled in the presence of the Lord. Here's the cool thing, right? Because I remember I used to do high school camps. And about the third day of camp, you know, kids would just be, seemed like it took a few days to kind of break through, um, you know, all the junk and you know, after three days of worship and praise and teaching of the word, devotions in the morning, Bible studies all throughout the day, times of worship, you get about two, three days of that in. And, and then kids are like, man, the Lord's broken through. Like, man, I feel so close to God. And, like, and, and some kids would get in their mind like, I, I, gotta, I can't wait to go back to camp to experience that. All right? Almost like God lived up the mountains. And, and I would try to reiterate, I always make one of the last messages reminding them that the reason that you sense the nearness to the Lord is because you've been seeking the Lord. And you can do this when you go back home. This doesn't, the Lord don't live up here in the mountain. The Lord is everywhere. Amen. And so for anybody here that's like, man, I just, you know, I, I want to just sense the presence. Just go be with them. 
Pray, read, be with God, seek his face, interact with believers, be in fellowship. God is not in a location. God is everywhere. If you're born again, the spirit of God dwells in you. And here's the cool thing with the Lord. He said, if you draw near to me, I'll run from you. That's not what he says, right? He said, if you draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. So I always tell myself, I'm as close to the Lord today as I've chosen to be. Because if, if I draw near to God, God's not running the other way. He's like, you take a step, I'm coming. I want you more than you want me anyway. And so if you draw near to me, I'm drawing near to you. Everybody here is as close and intimate with Jesus today as you want to be. And so if you want to be more, you know, intimate, more close, then, then you know what to do. You need to seek him. You need to draw near to him. He will not run from you when you do so. So the glory of God is in this place. It says her light, the light of the city was like a most precious stone, like Jasper stone, clear as crystal. We're going to see this more than one time that there are going to be these stones and jewels and things that are that are shown here. Everything seems to be something that light would just be radiant off of, like just something that would dazzle your eyes. Some of this is going to be you know, difficult to explain. It's not something we've seen before. We haven't seen anything like it, but we're just getting the glimpse. John is giving us what he saw in the spirit. Look at verse 12 and 13 now. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, Three gates on the south and three gates on the west. And so, you know, John sees the radiant light. He sees the city coming down from heaven. He sees these stones like Jasper. Then he sees these walls and these gates. And it says each gate had, the 12 gates had 12 angels, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel written on them. And then there was, they had one face in each direction, north, south, east, and west. It's interesting throughout scripture, the number 12 is used oftentimes as the number of government. We had 12 apostles. We have 12 tribes. Um, right here, you got the 12 gates. And these are things that God has done historically. And it's to me a reminder of a couple of things. That everything God has ever created, there's been order and authority. Right? God's never made anything more chaotic. God comes into chaos and he brings order and authority. And it takes both of those things. Anything God establishes, you have those two things. Order and authority. God raises up leaders. These would be the people in charge. Uh, you know, it's clear who's in charge. It's clear who's getting it from God. And ultimately, God is the authority of these things. So these 12 tribes. And here, here's, here's what we'll see as we go through this. The 12 tribes, as we see them here, are representative of the saints, all those that came from the Old Testament. All those who came to God, who obeyed him and with Old Testament faith before Jesus came. The 12 apostles are representative of the church. This is those, we've come to Christ, you know, post-resurrection. So we see the representation of the Old and the New Testament saints as we look in heaven. And so we're reminded of this, that there'll be people that make it to heaven from, from every era, right? For you guys that have read your Old Testament, you're familiar with the characters. When we get there, I'm, I want to meet Moses, right? I want to meet, you ever think of some, any Old Testament characters that you want to meet, right? I want to meet Samson, like, bro, you lucky. You made, you just barely made it here, homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to meet them. I want to see these people. You know, just to me, that's that's amazing that we're we're from all generations, God has saved people that have had faith in him, that have trusted in him, that have believed in him, all the way to the present, right? God is still saving people today. And the method is the same. For the Old Testament, they had to believe God based on what he had revealed to them at that point. 
You and I need to believe God based on what he's revealed to us at this point. But the, the, the method is the same. We have to believe God. Right. You don't get to make it up. Those that were in the Old Testament that didn't like God's way, that didn't want to succumb to God's authority. God said, OK, then y'all not going to make it right. If you don't want to succumb to my authority, I'm the one in charge. I'm, I'm, I'm not me, not Bill. I'm, like, I'm speaking on his behalf. God would say, I'm going to be careful. So God would say, look, I'm God. Right. I made this up. This is my world. This is my rules. And I'm laying out. I'm the authority figure here. If you go against God's authority, you lose. And that's so important today because there are people today that want to have it their own way. There's a common term that you hear people saying today. They'll say, well, I'm going to just live my truth, right? Here's the problem with your truth. You, you, don't, you don't make up the truth, right? The truth is, the truth comes from God, right? You don't, you don't get to have your version of the truth because if the version of truth that you make up is not what God said, then your version of truth is just a lie. And it won't stand. You're not going to be able to stand before God and say, well, God, I live my truth. I know you said I had to believe in Jesus, and I, I, I didn't want to do all that. So I lived my truth, and here I am. And, and, and that's, I'm, 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 I want to do y'all a favor and let you know that that's just, it won't work out for you that way. right? You're not going to show up to God and say, look, this is I lived my truth. You can't even do that with the law, right? If you go out and you get drunk and you get in a vehicle and an officer pulls you over and you say, look, I know you're saying I'm not supposed to have been able to drink. But in my truth, I, I, I can handle that much drink and drive. So never mind what your law says. I, I'm living. You'll be cuffed up. You'll be seeing an attorney and you'll be doing your time. Amen. Don't think God is any less than that. God, God's law is not a joke either. So in every era, Old or New Testament, God has been the authority. Today, you guys, God is still the authority. And those who can come under his authority, you come under his authority. But it's a blessing to be under the authority of God. As I look into the Old Testament, whenever they would obey God, they were blessed. When they would do what God's word said, they were kept from diseases that plagued the other nations. They were kept safe. God would give them peace. God would give them victory over their enemies. It was when they would rebel against the Lord that God would say, all right, now I'm going to remove my covering and let you guys let you live your truth for a little while. For you guys that maybe if you ever gone through the book of Judges, the book of Judges was a cycle where the people of God would they would, they, would, they would return to the Lord. God would provide a judge to deliver them from the previous oppressor. And they would walk with the Lord for a period of time. And at whatever point they would decide, nah, we want to do our thing again. They would rebel against the Lord. They would go do their own thing. God would remove his hand of protection. And eventually they'd be taken captive. They'd be under some oppressor, someone that was mistreating them. They would be oppressed again and it would last a number of years. And eventually when they got sick of it, they would cry out to the Lord, God, help us, save us. Ah. And they said, then God would raise up another deliverer and rescue them. How merciful that he would keep rescuing them, right? God is so much better than us because I wouldn't rescue some. I'd be like, that's the third time and y'all just going to deal with it this time. man. I'm sick of rescuing you guys. But thankfully, the Bible says that God is long suffering. God is better than people always. And so uh, and God would rescue them again. But and in order to, to in order to be saved, they had to eventually come back under his authority. Right. There was no salvation outside of God coming under God's authority. We need to remember that today because we live in a rebellious society where people want to do whatever they want to do. And we, we want to be careful as, as people that know the Lord is I got to I got to know that God is the authority and I need to find myself under his authority in obedience to what his word teaches. And so I, I want to share this. If you're taking notes. Write down Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10. It's just a reminder of what the, the Old Testament saints, 
how they believed and trusted God and, and it worked out for them. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. Speaking of Abraham here, it says, By faith Abraham, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. What's swirling in your mind just now after what you've heard in today's message? Sometimes it takes a bit of time to fully process what was shared. Revelation is definitely one of those books that you have to almost sit and chew on, trying to discern what in the world it all means. But the good news is, God's given us His Word to help us know and understand what's ahead. What a gift! He didn't leave it all a mystery. He's revealing things on each page of this book, whether or not you're fully in the know of all that it means in this moment. Keep studying it on your own and digging into Scripture with an appetite that's ready to take in what God has for you. If you like the message you just heard, we're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington at calvaryinglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If so, locate the Give tab on our site. Don't forget, that's calvaryinglewood.org. This ministry is an outpouring of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. We're located in Inglewood, California. So if you have some extra time and are nearby, we'd love for you to attend one of our services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If there's a scheduling conflict, come Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We hope that this message has ministered to your heart and you have a little more peace next time listening to it. We look forward to our next time as Pastor Bill teaches in Revelation right here on A Transforming Word.